So glad you're tuning in today. I'm your host, Lisa Tuggle, and this is Evangela Nation, the only podcast I know dedicated solely to the topic of evangelization, what it is and how to do it. Now, since my last podcast, a lot has transpired, not only in my life, but in the whole world. It's strange, really. I feel like my media fast and my retreat, which I'm going to tell you more about today, is strangely coincident with this global pandemic of coronavirus. And I'll tell you why I think this in just a minute. So in my last podcast, I told you I was headed out to catch a flight. And that is precisely what I did. Folks, I flew to Split, Croatia, and then got a bus, got on a bus that took me into the heart of Bosnia-Herzegovina. Now, before I reveal my secret retreat place where I had my tryst with the living God in prayer, let me tell you a little bit about Split. Did you know that Split is famous for being the site of Diocletian's palace? It's still there today, and it's like the whole structure of the city center. There are shops and businesses incorporated into this ancient palace. Now, do you remember who Diocletian was? Diocletian was the Roman emperor who launched the great persecution, the most severe persecution of the early Christians between the years of 303 and 313 AD. Diocletian started it in 303 and then retired around 305 or so to his luxury palace on the coastal city of what is called today Split Croatia. Countless innocents were martyred in this persecution, simply because, and for no other reason than that, they were Christians. Racks, scourges, swords, daggers, crosses, poison, and famine were the instruments of torture used in this persecution. I'm sorry to tell you, ears were cut off, noses slit, eyes put out, limbs dislocated, and flesh burned with red-hot irons. The entire Christian city of Phrygia was burned with all the people in it. These were the means by which this persecution was carried out. Human invention was exhausted to devise tortures against these innocent people, so hated because they served Jesus Christ, the living God, and not the false gods of the pagan world. Saint Sebastian and St. Agnes were both martyred at this time in history. St. Agnes was just 13 years old when she was beheaded for her faith. St. Sebastian was ordered to be taken to a field called the Campus Martius, and there to be shot to death with arrows. Now, what is wonderful about St. Sebastian's story is that he survived his execution. They shot him with so many arrows, he should have been dead. But when his friends came to bury his body, they found him alive. They cleaned and healed his wounds, and it was like a resurrection in the flesh. It was a miracle. And then, so what do you think Sebastian did? 
Did he escape the empire and go off to preserve his life in this world? Nope. Instead, he goes back into the street and shows himself as the emperor is going into the pagan temple. Sebastian becomes a living witness to the gospel of life and resurrection. It's a powerful moment. The emperor, of course, is astonished and then angry. And he has Sebastian seized again and beaten to death. This time he does die and his body is thrown into a sewer. A lady named Lucina retrieved his body and gave it a proper burial in the catacombs, which, incidentally, you can visit on your next trip to Rome. That is, when the airports open again, please God. Um, So, then St. Agnes was also martyred by Diocletian. And the crazy thing is that I was just getting ready for my trip when we celebrated her feast day. I had just learned about Diocletian's palace in Split, and there it was, the daily mass honoring this holy saint who died at the hands of this emperor's cruel and violent hatred. Well, we know that the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. So even though all of this sounds like bad news, which, I remind you, we are endeavoring not to be bearers of, since we are called to be bearers of good news, the reality is that this is actually good news. It's the good news that is Jesus Christ, whose victory over sin and death is already won, and also yet still to come to individual hearts who will believe and accept him. Okay, so from Split, I took a bus into the heart of Bosnia-Herzegovina. And why, you say? Well, from my tryst with the Lord and Our Lady on Mount Krizovac, that is, Cross Mountain in Medjugorje. How many of you out there know about Medjugorje? You can find out a whole lot more about this place by visiting medj.com. That's M-E-J.com. But in a nutshell, let me just say that this is the most significant out-of-the-way place on the planet today. And that, my friends, is not hyperbole, not exaggeration. In the coming podcasts, I will be explaining more about what I mean by that, but I'll start today with a few comments to consider. Now, everyone knows that with the coronavirus pandemic sweeping across the globe and closing borders and closing churches and places of business and instituting what seems like martial law, we are living in extraordinary times. These are not ordinary times, right? When was the last time you went to a grocery store and there was nothing on the shelves? That's at least a new phenomenon in the free Western world. You hear stories of that happening in the communist bloc countries in past eras, but usually not in America or in free republics like America around the globe. So we are living indeed in unusual, historically significant times on the globe right now. Okay, so we all have heard more than we ever want to hear again about coronavirus. So I want to talk to you about another corona. No, I'm not talking about the beer. I'm talking about the corona, which means crown, the corona of Our Lady, the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of Jesus 
and our own loving mother. That, my friends, is why I went to Bosnia-Herzegovina, to a tiny little town named Medjugorje, where, beginning in 1981, six children, ranging in age from 10 to 16, began encountering the Blessed Virgin Mary in miraculous states of mystical ecstasy. At that time, Medjugorje was in the communist country of Yugoslavia, ruled by the dictator Tito. So when this phenomenon of our Heavenly Mother visiting these children occurred, the atheist communists were livid, just like Diocletian of old. They launched a severe persecution against these children and the parish priest there. There were lockdowns, curfews, endless interrogations, and acts of intimidation. They kidnapped the kids. They tried to separate them. They tried to corrupt them by exposing them to adult vices and sins. They imprisoned the parish priest. They declared the oldest visionary, Miriana, an official enemy of the state. And they proceeded for the remaining years of her childhood and early adulthood to do all in their power to destroy her life. All because, in her purity and simplicity of heart, she received the great gift of a personal visit from the Queen of Heaven. The Queen, whose corona, or crown, is, my friends, so much more powerful than this little coronavirus that, make no mistake, has been engineered for what can only be violent and diabolical purposes. Do you think God created coronavirus? Do you think this is a natural thing? I don't. Our God is a loving Father. He created everything, and behold, it was good, very good, we read in the book of Genesis. And into this good world, He brought you to life. God loves you more than you can comprehend. He proved that love by coming down into human flesh in a person, the person of Jesus Christ, who came as a vulnerable little baby, whose life was sought by a wicked and selfish, hateful king. Christ, the God-man, proved his love as he walked the earth, as he wrought miracles of love, miracles of truth, miracles of release from captivity to demons, freedom from vice, sin, and death, disorder and disease. Christ gave his life willingly to establish the new covenant in his blood, an unbreakable covenant between God and humankind, a covenant which we enter through the waters of baptism and which we maintain through the sacramental life of the church, being united to Christ in holy communion, that special banquet of bread from heaven that gives us strength for virtue over vice, for life over death, for peace instead of violence, and for love instead of hatred. God does all of this for us. Shema Israel, hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. There is no other. No panoply of pagan false divity, divinities can compare with the awesome purity, goodness, truth, and love of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I might add here, which relates to my media fast, no panoply of electronics which demand all our attention in this electronic information age 
can compare with the one true God who comes to us in prayer. That's why I went on a 10-day media fast. (laughs) And let me tell you, it's extremely difficult. Have you tried it? Try it for 10 days or even five days or even one day. Can you do it? Can you fast from all the media around us? Can you silence all the distractions that vie for your attention? And just for even a little while, give yourself over to a new and wonderful experience that is the silence of the senses in order to enter into dialogue with the living God in your heart and mind. There are so many ways to help you pray, but the most important thing is just to pray, to talk to your Heavenly Father. Just talk to Jesus Christ, your Lord. He is the sovereign King of the universe and your Maker. And His mother, Mary, is coming from heaven now for nearly 40 years in Medjugorje, an absolutely unprecedented mercy for a time that is unprecedented in its need for mercy due to widespread apostasy and sin. She is coming for nearly 40 years to invite you to enter into prayer with your Creator, with your Redeemer, for an awakening into spiritual life, the life of your soul that lives forever in heaven with God, or forever, according to your choice, apart from God, apart from the one who is the source of your happiness and life. Don't miss the opportunity. Listen to your mother who's coming to invite you to prayer. Listen and obey. Try it. You won't be disappointed. So there I was on March 18th, Wednesday of last week, outside the house of this extraordinary visionary, Mirjana, in Biakavici, Herzegovina, a little section of Medjugorje. I was there along with a small throng of faithful who gathered there, and I waited in prayer as the mother of our Lord, Mary, Queen of Heaven, Queen of Peace, descended to earth in a miracle of merciful love to bring a message of hope and of invitation to the people of this world. You know, I've been present in more than one apparition of Our Lady uh, during these 40 years of her coming. Um, And I've noticed Our Lady comes in the wind. And we certainly all felt that unusual breeze that blows when she comes. On that day, last Wednesday, we felt that unusual breeze. And she appeared to Mirjana, the visionary, who was selected to receive her for a very special purpose on that date, March 18th. And this was the message that was given by Our Lady, the lady who wears a crown, a corona, and is called Queen of Peace. Here's the message. She said, Dear children, she always calls us children uh, in her messages, and that's because to enter the kingdom of God, we need to become simple and trusting like little children who obey their parents so that they can be safe and well. So she said, Dear children, my son, as God, sees beyond time. I, as his mother, through him, see in time. 
I see beautiful things and sad things. But I see that there is still love, and it is in the doing that love is known. My children, you cannot be happy if you do not love one another, if you do not have love in every situation and in every moment of your life. Also, I as a mother come to you through love to help you know true love, to help you know my son. This is why I am calling you always anew to thirst all the more for love, for faith and hope. The only spring you can drink from is trust in God, my son. My children, in moments of peacelessness and renunciation, all you have to do is to seek the face of my son. You just live his words and do not be afraid. Pray and love with sincere feelings, with good works. Help so that the world may change and my heart triumph. As does my son, so I also tell you to love one another, for there is no salvation without love. Thank you, my children. Wow. This is a profound message of Our Lady. It's so simple and yet so ignored, so rejected by people who would rather harbor petty grudges against each other than love and forgive each other. So rejected is this simple call to love because people would rather make themselves look good by making others look bad, by saying detracting things about others, by tearing down someone else's reputation. People in families would rather push each other away and be selfish than turn their hearts around and start to be loving. Love, remember, is patient. And love is kind. Love is not false or proud. Love is not bullying. Love rejoices in the good and hopes in what is right. Love gives the benefit of the doubt and does not jump to conclusions or quickly condemn someone. Love bears all things, all the personality flaws of loved ones, all their errors and all their goofiness. Love bears all things, hopes for all things, endures all things patiently and with the strength of meek endurance, that meek endurance that Jesus Christ showed us so well in his passion, when he carried his cross, and all his sufferings, what strength he showed us. That's true strength, meekness, meek endurance. In the end, only faith, hope, and love remain. And the greatest of these is love. It's how we enter the kingdom of heaven while still on earth. It's why Jesus said that the kingdom of God is in your midst. When two or three gather in his name, that is, in loving service of one another, in kindness and in justice. The God who is love is manifest in them, is manifest in our midst. You see, we enter into the heart of God, 
in love. The visionary Mirjana is now a grandmother and has a little more time now in life, and she wrote a book about her experiences, and it's called My Heart Will Triumph. This refers to the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the woman of Revelations 12, who's going to do battle with the dragon, the demon. She's the new Eve of Genesis 3.15, through whom the new humanity comes forth, the humanity in Christ, the new Adam. She's the woman given to us at the foot of the cross by Christ, the woman called to be our mother, given to us as a mother. When her heart triumphs over the pandemic, that is, over the infectious disease of sin and vice and hatred in the world, then our hearts will be ready for peace. Our hearts will be ready to enthrone Jesus Christ as King of peace in every heart. And this, my friends, will be the second coming of Christ, at least in some sense. The second coming of Christ will be a coming into our hearts to reign there as King of love, King of hope, King of goodness, King of peace, King of our eternal wellness and happiness. Listen, I have so much more to tell you about my media fast and about my secret tryst with the Lord in prayer in a little mountain village in Herzegovina. But I'm out of time today. I sincerely hope you will join me again next week as we continue to talk about what it means to become an apostle of Jesus Christ, an evangelizer, which is, in fact, the call of every Christian and what it means to be a Christian. If you are a Christian, or if you are just curious about being one, again, or for the first time, please join us each week on Thursdays at noon for another episode of Evangelination where you learn to become the best and brightest version of yourself, a unique and unrepeatable person created by God for a life of integrity, purpose, mission, and everlasting happiness. Please feel free to like, comment, share, and add momentum to this movement to evangelize the nations. And truly, if you have a concern or need help on your journey to become a disciple or an apostle of Jesus Christ, feel free to contact me. The website is paulinecommunityofsaintjoseph.org. That's stjoseph.org. And you can also reach me at paulinecommunityofstjoseph at gmail.com. Well, that's all for today. Please meditate on Our Lady's March 18th message to the world at Medjugorje, which says, in effect, love one another. Let's focus on being more loving this week. Let's be more kind and more thoughtful. And let's pray for the grace to be so. And we'll see you here next time on Evangelination. I love you. Bye now. Mm-hmm.